everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everybody doing tonight? Big Dave flying solo here in the studio. Joe's going to join me by phone uh, very shortly. And uh, the big story out in Pokerland is the cheating scandal that has been going on at the Stones Gambling Hall, which is located in uh, Citrus Heights, California, which is outside of uh, Sacramento. But uh, there's a player there, and he does play occasionally in some big-name tournaments. His name is Mike Postel. And supposedly, uh, he's been playing cheating on these games. Uh, he only, he not oh, I don't want to say he only plays on the live feed, but they have a, a video feed that they put out on the internet for some of their tournaments, and those are the in, in cash games, and those are the games that he usually plays. Uh, turns out that well, we'll get into the whole story, but it turns out he does have some tie-ins with the casino. He's been a former casino worker. Uh, actually uh, is technically pretty good with uh, what is known as the RFID cards. Those are the cards that have a chip inside and are able to transmit their uh, values to the uh, TV room so that they they can put the graphics on the screen. And that's when you see all these TV uh, programs, not from just the WPT and the World Series of Poker, but there's now a, a real proliferation of a lot of Live feeds going on. Uh, Live at the Bike is one of the most well-known. This uh, Stones Gambling Hall has been doing it for a while. And this guy has won uh, in excess of $250,000 over the last 12 to 15 months. And really, I I don't know. There was really no talk of him cheating until very recently when this woman, who was actually doing some commentaries on the show... uh, her name was Veronica Brill. Brought it up and uh, tweeted some stuff out. And, and now the whole poker world has picked up on this. And some of the bloggers and the guys who do the video logs uh, have been analyzing hands uh, over the past week. Well, I guess about the start of last Wednesday, basically. And they have been studying all these hands. Joey Ingram, who is one of the most well-known uh, commentators in poker right now, actually went over five hours worth of hands and published a lot of this stuff on YouTube. It's all out there. It's very easy to find. Mike Postel is the guy's name, P-O-S-T-L-E. And uh, the main critics really have been Doug Polk, uh, Joey Ingram. I've seen videos from uh, Jonathan Little, a few others, and it's pretty obvious to everybody this guy is cheating. Uh, How he's doing it, uh, Polk has a good video out. I watched most of that today. And they analyzed exactly how he was getting away with this. Had to be some inside help from someone either on the television end of the feed or uh, floor directors or somebody. Because this guy was not caught. They actually, when there was some talk of cheating, they instituted a rule in the room that you couldn't, uh, people, nobody could use their phone in the room. And I guess it wasn't enforced that much because if you look at some of the, some of these videos that are online. That's very interesting. I watched uh, uh, quite a few of them today. Uh, but uh, there's so much out there that if you if you really 
are passionate about the game and you really want to try to find out what happened, you can spend seven, eight hours looking at videos and the commentary on this. But uh, he's always looking down in his lap. You see him, have he has his phone. Uh, he's not obvious about it because the other players at the table didn't even seem to notice at any point. And uh, I don't know if the commentators from the feed were in on it, but they were talking about how he was the greatest player of all time. He's a poker god. And some of the decisions he made were just absolutely incredible, and no one stops to think, wow, you know, it's possible he's cheating. But uh, that's what's happening. And we'll get into talk of some of that with Joe, and uh, he's uh, doing some research on it now, so hopefully uh, we can have uh, pretty good insight into what has been happening there in the Sacramento area. But we'll get to that in our second segment. I want to start off with some results. And one of the things I, I, started, I talked about last week was the uh, local tournament down here at the Seminole Hard Rock uh, not the Seminole Hard Rock, the Seminole Coco, Coconut Creek uh, Casino. And that was the circuit event that was being played there. And I, I gave you some of the results of some of the earlier events, and I said, well, the main event just ended. I never even said who won the event. So I'll get to that now. Uh, certainly uh, the player Steven Sarmiento certainly deserves some congratulations as he won the event. Uh, he's from Queens, New York. Defeated another New Yorker from Middletown, Neil Corcoran, for the title. Russell Sullivan finished third, and, and then three Miami guys were fourth, fifth, and sixth. Nick Eunice, Dominique Mosley, and Matthew Yora. So uh, a great tournament down there with a nice turnout, 617 players. Uh, first place to Steven Sarmiento was 188000 for first place. And he is... Uh, from Forest Hills uh, in in Queens, the Forest Hills area there, which is uh, the old uh, U.S. Open site that was uh, played for many years in Forest Hills. But um, he's only been a pro for about four years. He, he does have some tournament play back to 2011, but uh, had about 650000 in tournament caches before this one. And most of them came in the last year. So he's an up-and-coming young player. I think we'll be hearing uh, a good bit from him. And he defeated Corcoran to win the title. Uh, there was a fellow, Thomas Alcorn, that uh, was a chip leader for much of the event. And uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, lost to uh, Corcoran when uh, he had pocket tens, uh, Alcorn did. And the flop was 9-9-8. He shoved. And Alcorn snap called. It was a, it was a, he had jack 10. So uh, up and down straight draw. And he got the queen on, a, on the turn. And that was it for Alcorn. So that was one of the big early eliminations as they headed down to the final table. And then uh, play ended finally with uh, the win going to Steven Sarmiento. I mentioned some of the other winners last week. Brian Hastings won a PLO event. Cord Garcia won one of the tournaments. Jeff Trudeau from Orlando. And uh, Christopher Bugs defeated a good friend of ours, Carlo Rodriguez, in the 250 Turbo event. And the... Uh, it was a great turnout at uh, the Coconut Creek Casino, and uh, look forward to them next year again having another event. We did mention that the Tampa uh, tournament will be in February. That replaces the second Coconut Creek event, so uh, they are spreading things around in the Seminole world as uh, things continue to shine for that organization, the Seminole Tribe of Florida, um, just making money hand over fist. But not just that, just uh, deserve, deservedly so, because they do such a great job, and they'll have that uh, guitar, uh, 
Guitar Hotel opening at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood uh, on October the 24th. Some other action, we were following the Maryland Live uh, WPT event, and that concluded uh, over the weekend. And uh, the winner of that one was uh, a fellow named uh, Inidus Udornpim. Sounds like a last name spelled backwards, but uh, it's actually a fella from uh, Thailand. And he wins. Uh, he went from the short stack to win the title at Maryland Live. And uh, there were a couple of big-name players at that final table as well, including Anthony Zeno. And uh, we were following that along last week as well. Also, uh, Brian Altman, pretty well-known player that's won a big tournament down here at the Seminole Hard Rock in the past. Um, Zeno actually finished fourth. Altman was third. And Altman... Uh, Suffered a couple of coolers down the stretch that knocked him out. He had uh, pocket jacks, ran into uh, ace-king uh, where there was a king on the turn. or I believe it was on the river. And uh, the next hand he had pocket queens. Or not the next hand, but the uh, there was one hand in between. And then he had pocket queens and got eliminated uh, in that hand as well. So um, played well and sometimes... You can play well, and if you just don't get the cards, that's that's the way it goes sometimes. Anyway, finishing second was a good friend of of Udornpim named uh, Stephen Deutsch, who uh, finished in second place and won 111,000 for that one. And uh, the guys knew it; they were good friends. They knew each other well, and uh, uh, Udornpim uh, picked up the title and and won it there. So. Um, that is the Maryland Live outcome from the WPT. First place was 319,000. Deutsch finishes second, wins 202,000. And uh, an excellent tournament up there. Again, from our friends Mike Smith, uh, Jason Heidenthal, and, and a lot of the guys that used to be down here at the aisle. Uh, several employees there. And uh, certainly uh, do a great job up there, no question. Anyway, that tournament is over as well. Uh, they'll be moving on for the WPT to their next event, uh, which is the Best Bet Bounty Scramble coming up uh, October the 15th through the 29th, uh, one of the big tournaments on the on the World Poker Tour, and uh, has the scramble uh, aspect of it, so a lot of big names uh, will have a bounty on their head, and uh, should be a lot of fun. 30, uh, I'm sorry, $5,000 uh, buy-in in that one with a million guarantee for that main event. And they'll get underway on the, actually it's the 11th through the 15th it says here. I thought it was a little bit earlier than that, but uh, that's what I have here. And so they are getting underway this weekend on Friday. So we'll keep an eye on that one and we'll talk more about that one next week. Uh, The uh, WSOP circuit moves on from uh, Seminole Coconut Creek and we'll follow some of that. Right now they're at the Horseshoe in southern Indiana, which is just outside Louisville. And their $1,700 main event down to the final two players, Robert James and the aforementioned Thomas Alcorn. So uh, led much of the event down here. That goes up there, and he is now tied for the chip lead uh, as of last night. Uh, they are very close, 5.4 and 5.3 million. Let's see if I can get a final result here. Uh, obviously, they went back to action today. And... Uh, 
No, they're still two players as they're finishing things up there today. I think they started with a final table today. Some of the other late players, Nicholas Pupillo, Popillo, uh, was the chip leader going into today. Another uh, player from South Florida, from Western uh, Florida, is Alan Percal. He ended up finishing in seventh place. And they are finishing that tournament up there. Another good friend of ours uh, from the show, a guy who co-hosted the show with us many times, Steve Carp, who's from North Miami Beach and was a co-host on the show very occasionally. He helped us line up some guests. And when we were first starting out, finished in 14th place, $6,600 for Steve. So we're very happy to report that. And we'll look at a few other things. We'll bring Joe on uh, after this break. Uh, don't forget, you can always get our show on... Uh, PokerActionLine.com, you can go to the PokerFuse podcast page, anywhere you get your uh, podcasts, actually. But a good place is the Hold'em Radio Network to tune in there, as they uh, usually give us a very nice time slot. Also, uh, you can go to SoundCloud, which is probably the best place we always say to get that. So, Anyway, we will take this break, and uh, when we come back, we will talk with Joe, and uh, we'll get into this uh, story, because everyone's talking about it. Uh, and we'll get some uh, insight from Joe. But the cheating, it's all in on low-stakes games that are live streamed. So that's uh, that's where you can pretty much nail down what has been happening there. And we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We're underway tonight. And we'll be back with more of the show when we return. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Hello and welcome to today's lottery drawing. Good luck. And here's today's winning numbers. First one up, it's not yours. Second one, not yours. And another number that's not yours. Okay, this is one number that's yours. It's a five, but you don't get any money for that. And the final number is not yours. Yep, so chances are you're not going to hit the lottery anytime soon. Don't get us wrong. The lottery can be fun every now and then. Just please don't rely on it for your future savings. How about this? Brew your own coffee at home instead of buying that latte every day. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering in. Ride your bike instead of buying all that gas. These changes alone can save you thousands a year. Thousands. Small changes today, big bucks tomorrow. Feed that piggy bank. Go to feedthepig.org for more free ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. My partner Joe Rodriguez joining me by phone here as we uh, begin to delve into this uh, poker cheating uh, scandal. 
from the Stones Gambling Hall out in the Sacramento area. Mike Postel is the player. Uh, erratic style, they said, but profitable because he obviously was cheating. I think uh, I don't think there's anybody that now says that uh, they don't believe he cheated. Uh, there were a couple of friends, Chris Moneymaker among them, that uh, were friends with this guy and kind of defended him at first until they saw some of the evidence. And, and the poker world is just obsessed with, uh, you know, delving into this thing. And uh, I guess the guy is a good cheater because he got away with it for a long time, Joe. Well, listen, Dave, I, you know, he got away with it. And it, was, it was smart in the sense of that he played low limits. So, you know, not to claim that those players are a little less sophisticated than the big players. But, you know, if you're chipping away a, a little bit at a time, no one's really that upset. You know, but, um, you know, so many people, uh, right before we came, you came on the air, I saw the article and read some of the stuff on, on, on him there. And, you know, so many top professionals are convinced that he's cheating now. Um, to me, the biggest evidence is obviously that one of the casino employees is also being implicated uh, in his cheating scandal that somehow he might be getting him the feed of the live, you know, getting him the, the card counts that his opponents have. Yeah, not a, not, um, o- not only the floor guy, but also probably the people involved that are uh, running the TV computers uh, basically have got to be feeding him some information as well. So I think this when this whole thing comes out, there's going to be a lot of people involved. So when you say he, well, he cleared over 250000 over 15 months, I'm sure that was split several ways. It, it it definitely should have been, and that's a lot of money for playing a one three. You know, uh, you know that limo, that small limit of a game. You know, you've got to be crushing it on a weekly basis to earn that kind of money. You know, right. and not to go through the ups and downs. But now it's very interesting because you told me about this before this started, and again, being so busy at work, running two different, you know, being involved in two different departments now, I don't get to, to catch up much on this, but when you mentioned this, and I saw everything, Dave, I don't know if you were a fan of the show Las Vegas that starred uh, James McCann, uh, no. Josh Jamal. No. Well, there was an episode that this is exactly what went on in a big poker tournament that they had there, you know, that some, uh, you know, nobody was just making incredible reads and calls and you know it, it as it turns out somebody was feeding them <laughs> their, their opponent's uh hands you know it's, 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 so i'm thinking they, they they took this from that show or, or somehow found a way to do that um and let me tell you you know it's no laughing matter that first these people got cheated out of their money if this is the case but if it involves casino employees uh anybody from that live feed it could have big ramifications going forward as far as doing live feeds and people hooking up to their phones, their, you know, their pads, whatever, whatever, you know, if something is being transmitted uh, live like this or, or live streamed, you know, you're going to have to make sure that anybody playing in this game cannot have any type of, you know, uh, devices that could communicate anything to them in case anybody's thinking of doing this going, you know, in right. the future. Well, there's a, uh, you know, it's really proliferated over the past year or so. I would say maybe the past uh, 
two years on Twitch. Uh, a lot of guys uh, put their stuff on video, and people can and watch all that. And there are a lot of people who are huge fans of this. So you're right; it does have some huge ramifications to people that are entertained by watching other people play live poker. And uh, it simply will do away with it if there's going to be constant cheating. But uh, I'm simply I'm amazed at how long this guy has gotten away with this. Uh, there was all kinds of things on the video that people would point out, like uh, uh, how did he get his phone in there if they're not allowed to have phones, and then they showed uh, like his hat had a pocket in it that with a bulge on the side, and you know there the evaluation of of what people are finding as far as identifying whether he's cheating or not are, is really fascinating stuff. I mean, if you have the time, I would suggest going on YouTube, following uh, first it starts with Doug Polk's. Uh, uh, video which is about 25 minutes, and then Joey Ingram comes on with five hours worth of evaluation. Then this guy uh, says to Doug Polk, "I'll take you on heads up any time." Polk, one of the great players in the world, who's really not playing much poker now, is just doing mostly his videos and instruction and stuff. But uh, you know, this is really blowing up, and there's a lot of evaluation online, which is almost more interesting than just watching the regular games. You know what amazes me, Dave, though, is that, you know, you know that's the fantasy of every poker player to know what your opponent's cards are, you know? Yeah. You just dream. That's like, the you know, you want to have tomorrow's paper today, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, my thinking is if, if they were smart enough to get this information to them and not get caught for 15 months, how were they not smart enough to have this guy make some calls that, you know, people could honestly, hey, oh, well, that's understandable, you know, just, you know, to set this up perfectly so that when people see you win a huge pot, you you know, they're like saying, oh, he's not that good a player. Look, you know, he made a bad call over here. He made a bad bluff over here because, you know, blah, blah, blah. Every every perceived move that you made was 100% perfect. That should have sent up red flags. Right. Six months ago, well, let well, alone, you know. I'm sure he lost some hands know. here and there, but uh, the whole point was that in all these sessions, uh, he almost never, there was a couple of people who said he did have a couple of losing sessions here and there, so maybe he did try to cover his tracks a little bit. But uh, they said almost every live stream game, and he didn't play the games that weren't live stream, almost never. Uh, it had to be involved with the live stream, and Every session, he would cash out chips and, uh, and have a substantial uh, winning day. Well, like I said, without knowing how how he worked this out, I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're very stupid. I mean, you could you could walk away with close to that. that I'm, like I said, that amount of money and and that limit is so hard. <laughs> it's it's almost like you, 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 no one can believe you could win a quarter of a million dollars. What was it? Fifteen months. Yeah. That he took that down, Dave? Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's incredible money, you know? You are talking about, you know, what is it? Uh, not uh, more than $15,000 a month and not, not or 20, you know, almost $20,000 a month in a, in, a, in a low limit game. That's just, it's, a, it's amazing. So if he did book some losing sessions just to throw them off, he didn't do a very good job of it. Yeah. But I'd love to know, you know, how no one else. I mean, did this all come from the video that I saw where they were, you know, uh, 
commentary on it that he folded a jack queen when the board read eight nine jack and i believe a four and and he folded and, and his opponent had the nut straight so if he knew if he knew that his opponent had the nut straight he was only drawing to the tie yeah you know well i i don't and, know if it was one hand that came out but she uh she pointed out a few hands and then uh, then the chum was in the water because all kinds of people started doing the uh, investigations. Uh, you got to give credit to Joey Ingram; he was just relentless in his study of this thing, and uh, the but, entire poker but world no one is happy came with up. Him. Dave, my thinking is, you know, if this was live stream, nobody in the poker community that just watched it. that live stream noticed anything that wow, this guy was just making tremendous, you know, gut feeling calls and and great lay downs when he had a monster hand that he could only be beat by the nuts and he happened to know that his opponent had the nuts every time. Right. I, I, I find it hard to believe somebody didn't start questioning that with so many different social media outlets for you to, to voice your opinions that this didn't come out till now. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny because uh, you got to think that the uh, the establishment is involved because they issued a statement right after this stuff first started coming off, and uh, the the tournament director, whose name is Justin Caritas, tweeted that uh, the allegations were completely fabricated. Uh, fabricated. Uh, he says it's unfortunate that these allegations were made public with absolutely no evidence. The reputation of my team and an exciting and fun player are now being publicly mobbed. And said, we have taken steps to ensure game integrity. So that was their initial uh, idea. They actually went right back with a stream the next night. But a couple of days later, they decided that, uh, you know, against uh, showing the better part of Valor, that they suspended all their live streaming broadcast operations uh, like two days later. So uh, they say they're looking into it. But, you know, someone's, someone's in, in, in deep doo-doo, I'll tell you. Well, let me tell you, Dave, I mean, first of all, if I own that casino, if I'm top management in that casino, <laughs> you know, I've mentioned many times over the years that we've been doing this show that, you know, integrity, you know, a, a, an honest and straightforward game is the first thing that any poker player wants. Right. And right. the moment you lose the, the public, you know, the player's faith, that you can run a, a a legitimate game, you know, that's, and in this case, it's even, you know, this is worse than what we had in Hialeah, you know, right? where where they were inserting people and not putting in the money and trying to see if they could, if they could cheat that way. No, you know, this is outright, hey, let's, let's, let's give, let's give the, the, all the information that, that his opponents have to one player you know, none of us would ever lose if that was the case. Like I said, that's every poker player's fantasy to one day wake up, play poker, and, you know, somehow be able to know what every single card that your opponents have. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to walk out of there a millionaire in the right game. You know, uh, you'll never have to work again. But uh, in this case, as you mentioned, you know, you have to have more than more than one particular person assisting you to get that information. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as uh, the uh, effect on the game, I think it's it's far-reaching because, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, I think the point that nobody caught him is is really kind of an indictment on the uh, 
how many people watch a lot of these live streams. I guess good players don't waste their time watching some of these other players play uh, because it seems like they would have noticed right away, like you say. Well, yeah, Dave, I'm telling you, I'm thinking about it. I mean, you know me. I, I love poker. I have very little for me, and you know, I have very little interest in watching games that are, you know, taped and polished for TV months later when I've known the results. I, I have enjoyed the hell out of the ESPN, you know, uh, 15, 20 minute delays for the main event. But, you know, top pros aren't going to give a damn about a 1-3 game or, you know, a 2-5 game. You know, they're playing in games where the pots are a quarter of a million, a million, whatever it is. They're not really caring about this, but my experience, Dave, when cheaters have been caught in my casino, whether I've been the, the director, a supervisor, a dealer, 95% of the times that, you know, people have been caught cheating is the other players have caught them, you know? Right. Some, they noticed, I'm not saying straight out because the ones who have cheated really bad that have tried to switch cards and are horrendous at it, but when they think players are, in, you know, are colluding, you know, in a live game, it's usually the players that will come up to somebody in the poker room and say, listen, something isn't right with this game. Right. You know, you need to watch it. And and I would imagine that's the case in most casino, you know, most poker rooms around the country. You know, I'm just surprised that something that is this feed, I would imagine, would be more for the local people. I don't know how far stretching is was this uh, live stream by any chance. Do you know, Dave? Say that again. I'm sorry. I missed that. Like the live stream. Um, you know, um, this was just completely on the internet. Uh, I think it was on, I th I'm guessing it was on Twitch or something like that, or maybe even on their own website. But uh, uh, the whistleblower here, and uh, that's a word we didn't say too often until uh, the last couple of weeks. But uh, <laughs> her, her name is Veronica Brill, who is a frequent commentator on the stream. She noticed some of the suspicious play. And she said a lot of what he was doing just didn't make sense, and uh, she wanted to take it out to the streets and let p people go. And uh, she showed one, there was one hand on there, I think, that you saw. But uh, immediately, she her concerns were just wiped aside by management, who said uh, they, that their games were on the up and up, and they found no evidence that any cheating had occurred. Well, <laughs> trust me, that. I wouldn't expect anything different because, you know, if this is the first time somebody is saying something about it, you you, you don't want to put that that doubt of, you know, in people's mind, that thought, I should say, excuse me, in people's mind that, you know, maybe there's some cheating going on in this casino. You want to kind of quash that right away and hopefully, but like you said, this, this thing, you know, <laughs> grew a life of its own right. uh, quickly. Uh, this guy was an uh, owner of an internet marketing company, and people were wondering how his connections would help. He actually was trying to put together some kind of project called uh, Dream Seat Poker Show. Uh, and uh, all poker shows, uh, people have noted, use that RFID technology and said that either with the help of a device or an accomplice working on the production team probably was involved in, in helping him out there. So since then, he's taken that off his LinkedIn account and uh, dropped some of this thing. But this guy was a, been a player that a lot of people knew uh, for many years and, uh, you know, never had a tremendous amount of success out in big tournaments. But uh, I think his ego got the best of him because he bragged to a lot of people the kind of money he was winning. Uh, he loved it when people called him a uh, poker god and that he just 
you know, <laughs> seem to seem to have some incredible, uh, you know, feeling about the cards that made Daniel Negreanu look like a dumbass. Yeah, well, like I said, <laughs> you know, being being famous is you know, and, and and making this kind of money becomes intoxicating, and sometimes you know you you don't realize that you got to stay under the radar to continue to make this to work, and again, not. Not having watched uh, what Joe Ingram you said did uh, the five hour analysis of, of of you know watching him for five hours stream right and, and you know yeah. without having done that and seeing everything I'm you know I'm just gonna have to take you know uh, well people some people of the... like Daniel Negrano saying that, you know that he's listed as one of the people who believes he's cheating. Um, you know, well, just I'm to have to take his word. Just to give you an right idea now. of some of the players that uh, have involved, Matt Berkey, who's uh, has his own uh, blog called uh, Solve for Why. Uh, Scott Seaver has uh, done some analysis of this, and uh, just an incredible amount of big name players that have been, uh, you know, studied this stuff. And and everybody, to a man or to a woman, uh, believes that he is cheating. Uh, the one thing I did want to mention that uh, is the exposure to the the world out here outside of the poker world is uh, the report on ESPN by Scott Van Pelt, who talked about it. And uh, he's only a novice poker player, but uh, he had a great line. He says, uh, "If you show if if you show up to play pickup basketball and you never ever miss a shot for a couple of years, wouldn't you go play in the NBA?" He said, if you are some sort of poker god who almost never loses, who makes the right call or fold virtually every single time, if you were that good, why would you be playing in games only with a video feed at a 1-3 table at Stone's Poker Room? Won't you be in Vegas winning all the money in the world? Exactly. You know, they had the perfect setup if this was the case to try to pull maybe, uh, you know, I mean, if he's that good, he should be out there playing against the top and for top dollars. Yeah. Um I, you know, when I was logging on to see this thing, Dave, you know, I I clicked on, on his icon before I read the story. It showed that he had won 12 titles um, and almost half a million dollars, and I'm assuming that was in tournament money. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, he, he was a successful poker player, you know, but, uh, again, without having seen everything, I just have to go, you know, I have to go based on – People that I have trusted, who I know, who you know, whose integrity has never been questioned, like Daniel Negrano and some of these other top poker players, and whatever they've seen has convinced them that this man is cheating in some manner. You know, um, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go along with that, and you know, unless I get a chance to view it on my own and base and form my own opinion on it. But you know, uh, and. The biggest, the biggest thing there is that Chris Moneymaker initially defended him, and he was shown something that made him change his mind. Yeah. So. Well, he he looked at all some of the evidence and said, "I think he did it." <laughs> that was his last last quote. Uh, the other thing was uh, was Doug Polk, who has done some extensive videos, uh, you know, outlining this stuff. And this guy, uh, he did go on uh, uh, a podcast with Mike Matisau. And Matisau, I guess, was uh, very sympathetic, and a lot of people just absolutely ripped him for his reputation because he didn't uh, he didn't put him over the barrel, and give him some any tough, kind of tough questions. But uh, Polk has been, uh, you know, lying this down, and uh, basically, 
Joey Ingram reported that, that Postel challenged Polk to heads up any time he wants when this is all over. And uh, basically, Polk's response was, I don't play poker anymore. <laughs> so he challenged the guy who's been questioning him a whole lot, right? Yeah. And and he no longer plays poker? Polk did offer him uh, to come on the uh, his web show and defend himself. He said, they, there will be tough questions. And uh, Polk, Polk said, this guy played so recklessly, yet made the correct decision every time. It wasn't like he, you know, he's just going all in with 5-4 offsuit. And, uh, you know, guys even had ace-king in their hand and, and uh, couldn't match it up. And uh, this guy is, like, going in. So, obviously, you know, playing hands that you shouldn't even be playing, I guess once in a while people do it. But, you know, to 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 put big bets in and shove all in when uh, when guys have good hands is basically uh, got to you got to know what the outcomes are. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, uh, you know, these guys have seen a hell of a lot more than I did. I saw one hand and actually hit not even half a hand because I saw him mucking uh, a jack queen to a to a board that read eight nine jack four, and I believe there was two spades on the board if I remember correctly. You know, which yeah, it's hard, kind of hard to do to fold that hand in a short in a in a in a short. Um, I'm sorry, in a low limit game, but um, that in itself doesn't do anything for me. I've seen some people make stupid mistakes like that, but obviously, knowing you know the history, uh, yeah, certain things just don't make sense, and it has to be an accumulation of of watching him for the longest time. The, my biggest thing surprise here Dave uh, once again is that it's taken this long for this you know to come to light that there could be something wrong here that's that's the troubling part on my part yeah. from the people who were commentating on the live stream if this young lady and the other gentleman whose name I don't know that was doing the stream and commenting on this how no one even in their audience said, man, this guy's just really lucky every single time he's making the right the right move, whether yeah. it's the fold or the raise or the call. Well, either they and, were involved or they uh, he completely had everybody snowed, and I think it's a little of both. Do you think, let me ask you this question, what should happen from here? I mean, obviously there's been a lot of discussion. You get this in the courts where people don't understand the uh, intricacies of poker. Do you think this guy should be arrested and tried? For, for, for Absolutely, it's, it's, and it's actually it should be tried for felony because it's it's going to be grand theft. Right, it's grand theft. Anything I think over six, eight hundred dollars, whatever whatever the monetary value is, it becomes grand theft. And in essence, Dave, I'd be a proponent of like I mean coming down extremely hard on him. Yeah, you understand to try to prevent somebody from doing this in the past. You know, it's funny that this story came up because. I had not seen this one particular player that came into my into the poker room this this past week, Dave, and I and I turned to one of my other supervisors. I said, "See that guy? He's one of the nicest guys. We called him the Pizza Man because he owned the pizzeria, and I won't mention his name, but he was not a very good player, okay? And there was one particular night that we played poker, and." Our poker game used to start around 8 o'clock at night and usually wouldn't finish till somewhere between 4 and 6 in the morning. That night, the game was over before 12.30. And the reason it was over was 
I remember going, well, I won $200, and the only reason I I won $200 is because I stayed out of his way. Because this man was hit, you know, you've heard the term, this guy was hit with the deck. I'm telling you, Dave, if, if if he couldn't have picked the cards out of the deck to put on the board any better than they had already come up. You know, mm-hmm. and that happens once in a blue moon because this guy would lose almost every single time he came. But that particular day, I mean, he literally got hit with the deck. And if, if he needed the King of Hearts to pop up on that board, the King of Hearts came up. Right. Whatever he needed, it came up. That happened once in four or five years of us playing. That this guy is getting all those cards and making all those correct reads on a consistent basis. It's just very hard to believe. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I guess we'll uh, be hearing a lot more of this because people seem to be obsessed with it, and uh, rightfully so. Uh, I think if you're hearing about this for the first time, you need to do a little research, maybe check out some uh, YouTube videos because it is pretty fascinating. And, uh, you know, people pointing out little things that you can see on the feed, whether it's the bulge in his hat, that might be his phone, uh, the way he holds his hand in his lap that Polk was pointing out exactly. There you can see his phone. There's his hand uh, under the table that you can't really see what, what's happening. Well, Why does he always keep looking down? Uh, there, there's so many things involved that, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty fun to, to look at. And, and, Dave, you were asking me, if you don't mind me real quick, you asked me what do you think should happen with this guy. I also believe that anybody that if, if they do find that any of the employees, um, you know, the person that's being implicated right now as, as maybe, you know, someone that's assisting him in this and any of the camera crew, you know, right. to me, you got to throw the book at them as the, as the old saying goes um, to prevent this. And if, and if I was the casino, you know, uh, the owner, I would want, you know, the, the, them to you know just pay whatever penalties you know uh, liabilities uh, whatever because I would imagine they'd be open to lawsuits from the people who have played in this game to try to recoup their their some of their monies and some of their losses so yeah, I'd want the law to to you know punish them to the fullest extent and and make an example of everyone involved in in this, if if this turns out to be true. Well, one of the things I saw uh, was that his brother was on the the feed uh, in the the, uh, announcer's booth, and they were talking to him, and he told this story about how uh, Postel, when he was a kid, they had some kind of uh, spin-the-wheel game involved with a family, and he actually put weights on the wheel to to kind of rig it, and uh, from way back, he was a uh, really kind of a shady character. Uh, the, this guy actually said, uh, "Hey, if my brother could find a way to angle shoot, he's going to take it." Well, <laughs> to be honest with you, my experience with people who have cheated and have done, you know, things similar to this in the casino and private games that I've played out through all my years of doing this, are people that. You know, they didn't start that particular night. You know, this yeah. this is stuff that you look forward to. People who are looking to cheat are, are probably also been looking to get angles on other aspects of life. And, yeah, I'm sure. You know, this I'm this sure. brother, his brother's comments only confirm that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's take a break here on the show. Hang on, Joe. I'll be right back with you. I got a couple questions for you. Also, a couple of poker movies. We had talked about one of them with uh, Vince Van Patten. 
That is out now, and uh, we'll discuss a little bit about what's going on in the poker world. Some few other things coming up. Of course, the Seminole Hard Rock, that's the big thing this month, is the uh, Qatar Hotel. Uh, I'll see if we can get an invite to go over there for the opening for that, and it should be a lot of fun. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. So uh, hang in there. I'll be right back with you when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line, Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, and we'll be back to finish things up after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. I always wanted to be a fireman, a pilot, a teacher. But the rising cost of college was a big reality check. That's why I joined the National Guard. The Guard gives me money for college. So I can go to school full-time and fly part-time. My unit helps out after a natural disaster hits. So I get to help people just like I always wanted. There's no bigger rush than being a firefighter in the Guard. Than flying a Blackhawk. Than leading my squad. Thanks to the Guard, I'm becoming who I always wanted to be. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask us how much you'll receive towards your college expenses. Welcome back to the show, final segment. Uh, Joe on the phone with me tonight. And uh, let me ask you a question, Joe. Atlantic Club Casino in Atlantic City. You ever been there? Atlantic Club? Uh-huh. No, I have not. I guess it was uh, the, one of the first casinos in Atlantic City. Opened in December of 1980. Uh, has been closed well, now for nearly five years. Or over five years. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I used to go to Atlantic City every single Monday for about nine years. What was the name of the casino again? The Atlantic Club. Oh, I don't. Unless that had to be one off the boardwalk. It said it's uh, it's located it. at Boston Avenue in the boardwalk, south end of Atlantic City stretch of casinos. Atlantic Club. My God, you had the Golden Nugget down there. The resorts was the first one opened, then followed by Caesars about a year and a half after that, and then Bally's. And uh, 
I don't remember it. I mean, and it just clo- and it closed what five years ago? You yeah, said? Uh, 2014. It's been shuttered since, and it's kind of just been sitting there. I guess there's a group called Coliseo Atlantic City Investment and Construction Firm bought it. Uh, going to try to reopen it, I guess, as an 800 room hotel. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, the word is that it just kind of, you know. Basically, that was the start of uh, four Atlantic City casinos closing that year, and I guess that's when the start of the downturn went. Wow! 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 Did it say when they opened? Did they say? Yeah, nineteen eighty, December, December of nineteen eighty. It said it was one of the very first casinos to open up there. Yeah, it would have been because uh, resorts opened up. I believe it was in May of seventy eight. I was vacationing down in Wildwood, New Jersey, which is about a 45-minute ride from from Atlantic City. And um, I just don't recall that name. I'm surprised. And they didn't change their name or anything. (laughs) doesn't say. uh, It doesn't say. I saw a picture of it. It didn't look like much. But, uh, you know, that was many years ago. Uh, At one time, uh, Poker Stars had tried to buy it, uh, but that uh, sale fell through. Uh, So... You know, it's uh, this new group is going to try to reopen it, I guess. So I guess there's there's some uh, desire to uh, bring some of those places back, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> like I said, I, I it's been about four or five years since I've been down there to um, last time I was in Atlantic City at the Borgata, uh, which is off off of the boardwalk. Um, so. Again, you know, with parks and and all these other casinos opening up all over all over the, the that area down there, the tri-state area, um, I can't imagine how how the action is down there. But like you mentioned, four casinos have closed. Um, maybe maybe it'll make a re- uh, it, it'll make a comeback. Let's hope. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, speaking of poker stars, uh, the company that owns them is known as the Stars Group. Uh, they have actually agreed to be acquired by a company called Flutter Entertainment, which is the parent company of Paddy Power, Betfair, FanDuel, Sportsbet, and TVG. So a huge company uh, taking them on. Uh, they are located with their headquarters in Ireland. And apparently they're going to try to you know, use this uh, conglomerate to try to maximize their growth in the U.K., Ireland, and Australia and open new uh, positions in Spain, Italy, and Germany. So uh, I don't know how much it's going to affect the U.S. market, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, listen, they're they're positioning themselves if if we ever get to all the states, you know, coming together and and uniting like it used to be and and having all the states being able to decide where they want to play, that it's not just bound by the casinos and, and everything else. Uh, just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, not so it, much it, for it, poker, I think, but you know the sports uh, betting and poker stars uh, was getting involved with some of that. And I know that you know this company Betfair and uh, you know the, the FanDuel is obviously the uh, uh, daily fantasy sports stuff. So all that stuff is combined is uh, is really going to take over with just a few companies to run all of the sports betting and that sort of thing as they explode. Yeah, and like I said, don't leave, don't sell the poker part of it short. Also, because again, you, we know the money that this thing can generate if you're allowed to, you know, of all fifty states, if the U.S. market comes back legally to them, 
Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, some, as our friend Randy Casper, we like to say liquidity. That's all you yeah, need is, exactly. is, is being able to open 100, 200 virtual tables that you're earning money 24-7 on. It's, it's you know, <laughs> that's a lot of income right there. Uh, definitely. Uh, let's move on, finish things up with a couple of movies. Uh, the Vince Van Patten movie, which is called Seven Days to Vegas. Uh, that has been released. It's a comedy about a prop bet where a poker player decides uh, to take a bet for a million dollars to walk to Vegas in seven days. Uh, Vince Van Patten, obviously the commentator on the World Poker Tour for for nearly, the, I guess, for the entire run, almost 20 years, uh, is the star of the film. And uh, he also, uh, his wife, Eileen Davidson, who's a soap opera star, is also in the movie. James Van Patten, his brother, is in it as well. And uh, so it's supposedly a very good movie. Uh, Van Patten calls it a cross between The Hangover and The Sting. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because uh, uh, they, talk, they say you can really enjoy it if you're not a poker fan. But uh, obviously gambling insiders, they say, will, will recognize the authentic representation of that world throughout the movie. But... He says, if you don't know a busted straight from a royal flush, you never heard of a prop bet until now, Seven Days to Vegas is a broad and funny comedy about some truly bent but hilarious characters. Well, that that would be very nice because that would be a very unique movie in, in, by itself. Then people who don't know or care about poker would be interested in it. And obviously the poker world, you know, would definitely just want to watch it just to, you know, just to see how they portray certain things and do certain stuff there. There's also cameos uh, by uh, Antonio Esfandiari, Phil uh, Locke, and Jennifer Tilly, and also, of course, Mike Sexton is in the film as well. Uh, some of the big-name actors in it, John O'Hurley, who was in Seinfeld, played Jay Peterman in uh, Seinfeld. Yeah. Chad Lowe, who's in uh, Pretty Little Liars. Uh, brother of Rob Lowe is in the film as well, and a few other that are a little less known. So uh, that is available now on iTunes, Amazon, and Vudu to rent or buy. And uh, we hope you'll check that out. I'm going to check it out myself. Uh, the other movie that just came out is a documentary that followed a couple of players in the 2018 World Series of Poker. Uh, it's called For Love or Money. And uh, that is now coming out. Uh, it is available also on Amazon Video. And uh, it's one of the uh, people who helped with the uh, uh, produ- as a production assistant was Scott Blumstein, the former uh, World Series of Poker champion. It's uh, edited, directed, and produced by Michael Bailey. And uh, follows a couple of players, Chris Long and Stanley Lee. And there are 46 days that they played in the 2018 World Series of Poker. So that should be pretty interesting. Uh, They said one of the problems with the film is they try to cover a little too much ground. Uh, There's too many other side stories that kind of get in the way. But does uh, produce some uh, interesting comments. Uh, Asher Conniff is in it. We've had Asher on the show here. Talks about how he misclicked uh, his way to a World Poker Tour world title. He thought he was uh, entering an online satellite and entered the big event and ended up winning it. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff when they talk about it, but that's uh, coming out now and how they, what these two players faced at the World Series of Poker comes some of the behind the scenes stuff. So uh, uh, one of the best lines of the movie was, uh, 
and, and kind of an indictment of poker a little bit, but this player named Thomas Bailey said, a cash game player said, everyone goes broke, it's inevitable. <laughs> that's, that's very true. <coughs> Excuse me, Dave, okay. I had to sneeze there. No, Sorry. No Sorry problem. About the so, silence. so anyway, <laughs> uh, for Love or Money, and that is uh, available, you can pick it up for five ninety nine on Amazon Video. And a uh, 65-minute documentary, so uh, we'll hope you'll check that out as well. Kind of interesting stuff, though. Anyway, uh, one of the things I want to do next week when you're here in the studio is uh, Jonathan Little put out a little uh, strat- poker strategy quiz that should be fun to go through. And we'll be looking at some of the tournaments, including Best Bet uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, for years, we would have... Uh, uh, people from the casino up there, and they've done very well in Jacksonville. And uh, we haven't had anybody on for a while, so maybe I'll look into that as well. We'll see how they're doing up there. But uh, uh, Deb Giardino is the uh, poker room director up there still. So uh, we'll see how they do. And uh, we move into the fall. should be a lot of fun. Uh, what do you got going over at, uh, at, at Casino Miami? Well, uh, Dave, we've got our when I when I when I left work this this uh, afternoon to come home, um, we had the uh, we now have a progressive jackpot. Okay. That was at thirty two hundred today. Uh, you needed to hit a straight flush with either one or two cards. It didn't matter to the ten. You know, straight flush to the ten. Um, if it doesn't get hit, it, it, you know, I, I left before six o'clock when the, when, which is one of the progressive hours. We, we run it at one to two, five to six, eight to nine and 12 midnight till one in the morning every day, uh, except for Wednesdays and, and Fridays where the one to two in the afternoon does not run because of other promotions that we've got running. Right. So, okay. um, that's our new one and we've made it eligible for Omaha and Crazy Pineapple to be eligible for that progressive hand also as that jackpot um, with the restriction that they must hit it on the flop. Um, and like I said, right now it's starting to get some interest and some buzz on it, and we actually had it as a full house in the month of September. We've changed it to a straight flush now in October, and, um, you know, we've had people hit for 7000 So that's one of our new promotions right now, Big Dave. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, I know you'll be busy watching the Yankees tonight, and uh, yes, I will. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure that yes, uh, that you'll be back in the studio next week. Uh, we'll talk about a few things, and obviously, uh, see what happens over there at the Seminole Hard Rock. Looking forward to going over there for their grand opening here in a couple of weeks. Yep, 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 yep. So uh, my best to Gio and Joe over there. I hope to be back in the studio next week. Okay. Thanks for being with me tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, Gio, thank you for everything you did tonight. And we'll be back uh, with another edition of Poker Action Line next week here as we come to you from South Florida every week. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you soon. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.